So we've got an absolute exciting one for you today. I got in Mr. Tim Frey from Helix Gym, who has been in the industry for about the last 10 years. And he's kind of specialized and accumulated all these little skills on performance and strength and conditioning to help build like healthier, stronger, faster, bigger bodies. And we kind of brush up on a few important topics, such as the importance of the community that he's built over there and how he's done so with his systems and how to actually transform people's lives. And then we kind of touch on his little transformation from partying to basically high performance before we kind of finish off and talk about the foundations of his strength and conditioning program, how he gets results and what you can focus on to get better results. All his links will be in the show notes so or in the description below. So you can go find him, really awesome, builds up some awesome content, highly recommend. Now, if you guys love the podcast and you wanna help out, share it with your friend or someone that you kind of know that would really benefit from them, that would really help out the podcast as well as we want to reach as many people as we can. And without further ado, onto the show. A little bit of a background because you've got a very interesting story that you're actually pretty open about on Instagram as well every now and then. Could you tell some of like the viewers a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into the industry? Yeah, thanks for having me, Pete. Uh, it's, it's cool to connect on podcasts. Uh, my story, basically, I started as a personal trainer uh, many moons ago, over 10 years ago. And I got hired without any qualifications, which is pretty funny in itself. Um, everyone would frown at that. Uh, but basically, I got hired and had no idea what I was doing. I'd put people on the leg press and, you know, made up so they vomit. And then about a year later, I was like, oh, maybe I should study something. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I did uh, my exercise science degree um, and somewhat learned about the human body, which was fantastic. Uh, and then just learned a lot over the next three years of like applied coaching people. Um, and then an opportunity came up to go to America and, uh, I applied for 220 internships and got accepted into three. I then went to the university of Arizona and was an intern there. So originally they had about six for Olympic sport and no one showed up. So it was just me. Um, so to start the internship, there was just me and then actually another guy came later and his name's John. So there was uh, head coach, assistant coach, me and another intern. It was 450 athletes. So there was like Olympic gold medalists, NCAA champions, um, fucking, you know, all Americans, New York Yankees players, you know, players, you know, from Boston Pistons, like NBA, like fucking high level shit. And there was just this, you know, 23 year old young, dumb, full of cum Aussie dude that was just there to have a good time and, and coach some athletes. And what I got out of it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I learned so much as a coach and as a person and then came back to Perth and I was training at, oh, fuck, I don't know. It was like the medium age of the people in the gym was like fucking 60. It was like this old person's gym. And uh, then I was like, I need to leave. I had a fallout with the manager. She was just like off her head. And then uh, started gym in my garage actually at my parents house and it was like 60 square meters it was a fucking huge garage um and then probably about eight months later one of my clients was like man you need to open a gym gym and i was like yeah that'd be cool but like the money and when anyone's opening a gym gym it's like always the money like it's it's always the money so basically him and a friend gave me 
or a friend gave me 15k to get it going so i just bought like a, a power rack and plates and and whatever and moved up to a place called wangara in perth basically opened this thing and spent all the money got the equipments um paid the first month's rent and i had like 10 bucks in my account and i had like 10 clients and that was it and that was helix sports performance uh back in the day grew that up which was fantastic about a year later the lease came up and i was like yeah i need to go bigger so we went bigger i took every loan under the sun to make this work and fill out this spot, um, which was about 270 square meters. So I was like that dumb story of like taking stupid loans from people who shouldn't do like loan sharks and shit. Um, and eventually paid it all back after a couple of years. Um, and I think it was about 160K in equipment and all the other stuff. Paid that back in three. And then we were about to move into our new spot and this thing called COVID-19 hit. And uh, basically kicked us in the nuts, which was uh, which was a big kick, like it hurt. Um, so we probably lost initially about 30% of members on there, down the track 50, then we came back and the government was like, oh, you can only have nine people in a class. So we had to drop our numbers back and up the prices. So then after all said done, we probably lost about 65% of members there. And then uh, ever since then, it's been a rebuild and currently in this moment, this day and time, I am signing a new lease very soon into a brand new spot, uh, which is about triple the lease and so fucking scary um, that I've been like having nervous breakdowns with my partner about it. I'm like, this is such a big commitment. Um, and yeah, is that the kind of story you're looking for? Because that was all yeah, good business it's, it's stuff. Kind, it's kind of interesting though. Like, tell us a little bit more about like the, the nervousness. Like, even though you're nervous, like, what is it that you kind of fear for it, but what is it kind of also driving you forward? Like, what is it that you want to get out of it going bigger and better? Just help people. I think like the garage gym slash warehouse gym thing is done for me. I'm like, I'm off it. Like I'm not, I'm not a fucking warehouse coach. I'm not a CrossFit coach. I'm not like things have changed, you know, like we run a, a very serious model, you know, our memberships are over a hundred dollars a week for small group training, which is crazy high. Um, you know, we're dropping premium service, premium results, premium training, you know, everything under the sun, recovery, you know, um, community events, mobility, Olympic lifting workshops, like all that stuff is, and we're just in this like space now. It's like a warehouse and it's like, it doesn't really represent what we do. So the next step is like showroom, nicer area, you know, full kit and caboodle showers, saunas, all that kind of stuff. Like kind of what we deserve and what we're where we're at now so yeah the, the next step is is obviously you move into a nice area you gotta pay more dollars and uh you pay more dollars and you take more risk on you take more risk on there's a higher reward and the more people you can serve and the, the better people you can serve because i guess like in the industry you like you start out cheap and then you get better and you up your prices and people get pissed off and then you up them again, they get more pissed off and you lose people. And then you eventually get to a price point, which you're happy with and, and everything works. And like cash is like oxygen for a business. And if you don't have cash, you don't have a business. And if you don't have cash, then there's almost no point in doing what you're doing. because you got to live a life as well. So back to rambling. And it's just, I guess, starting out this new venture or this new Helix 4.0 is a lot of cash. Mm. <laughs> but you've also built like a pretty awesome community like from the outside in uh can you tell us a little bit about the awesome community that you kind of have because as, even though it's serious it looks really fun because 
you guys are pumping. The tunes are going nuts. Like everyone's yeah. vibing. The coaches are in amongst it as well. Like, yeah. What is that? Have you seen that kind of develop over the time of like Helix 1.0 to like to the potential of like Helix 4.0? Yeah, the, it's been great. It's been a lot of relationships and friendships. A lot of people have come and go. I've trained like two and a half thousand people in you know five years. So it's been a lot of people come through the doors, which has been fantastic. Everyone has their kind of timeline of when they come and go. The community's kind of seen like three to four or five generations of people come and go which has been fantastic and i guess it all kind of comes down to the leader what the leader's about and i'm about community i'm about friendship i'm about supporting others i'm about standards i'm about culture i'm about high performance and these are the things i instill in the coaches and the coaches instill that in the members and this comes out in everything we do um, every set rep tempo technique weight has to be done at the optimal you need to support your brothers and sisters we have like rules and code of conduct and we have the pb bell and when it rings everyone cheers um you know we go out together we you know have good times together we have bad times together we share you know mvps of the sessions you know we have members of the month we have you know members of the year and parties and social events and all these types of things which bonds like a community and i guess in kind of a high performance environment people are looking for an escape almost so generally helix ends up being an escape for a lot of people out of their situation whether it's partying too much doing too much drugs doing too many drinking too much alcohol hanging out with bad people getting out of bad relationships getting out of bad relationships with food um and helix kind of ends up being like someone's escape where they learn a lot about themselves and food and nutrition and mindset and training and it kind of takes them on a trajectory I guess people would say to me, like, Timmy, you're so fucking full on. But I am full on because I see the best in people and I want people to be better and I want them to grow and, and you know, live their full potential. And I, maybe that's why that all comes out in the, the community. I think it also comes out in, like, just basically caring. Like, yeah. you care so much. So some people are like, well, I'm not so used to, like, someone caring so much about me. Yeah. And it kind of bonds everyone together. Which is fucking wild, like... Uh, we had a training camp like three weeks ago, four weeks ago down south in Margaret River, um, basically southwest of Perth, three hours if you're not from Perth. Um, and my first thing on every training camp is I basically just run these things just by myself is uh, I get someone face to face and I tell them what I think of them to their face, like first session. So everyone's like 30, 40 meters away. They can't hear. I call them up one by one. I look in their eyes and I'm like, Pete, whatever I'd say, I'd be like, um, you're a powerful coach and i wish you could see the power i see in you and like that's like a moment for people you know like especially some of the girls who've never really had that kind of relationship with like a father figure or a friendship or anything like that that's a big deal for them especially if they've had like abusive partners and they haven't been supported by partners and you know they've got daddy issues and all sorts of stuff so like yeah it ends up being a big part of people and i just always tell the truth Mm, and then that might be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who receives it, but it's there. It's, it's always a good thing. But that's the thing. It is always a good thing because one way or another, it's going to serve them. It might not see it. They might get angry at for you yeah. to tell the truth, but it's like, Hey, you're being you, you know what you say. And then that's it. So uh, like, yeah, my clients are always like, they love me, they hate me or they respect me. It's like one of the three, like even ex clients is like, that's we're, we're in one of the three camps. They want fucking nothing to do with me. Or they're like full respect or they fucking love me. And there's just no, nothing else than that. 
Yeah. Tell us actually the, I've heard some of your training camps as well, like even from a couple of the clients as well. So we've actually had some mutuals and they've told me some experiences that it's just like mind blowing. What do you think as like someone that's created these sort of training camps, what part of it would it like be so mind blowing and what do you hope to get out of it? Basically running those sort of camps. I guess the proximity is power rule. So like those you hang around, you learn from and you become, and it's like you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, most cliche or like most well used saying ever in self-development. I think that is it. Like you see how people recover, you see how people train, you see how they sleep. Um, you see what they eat. They see like what they're consuming from like social media and books and these types of things. And you go on like an all inclusive training camp where you just spend time with high performers and you see what they do. And eventually you just become like them. And that's how it's like, it ends up being so mind boggling. And then on the camps, we get in uh, experts. So on the new year's Eve camp, last new year's in Bali, we had like an Olympian swimmer. We had like a mindset guy. We had a breathwork guy. We had like gymnastics dudes. We had like carnivores and we had all these people that come and like train with us, stay with us, coach us, lead us. And like in one week you've been exposed to, 20 high performers in lots of disciplines and you take one thing from each of them and then you go back to your normal life and you're not the same. And that's why people say it's not, it's so like mind bending. It's like, you can watch a YouTube video and you can read a book and you can do that stuff, but there's nothing like spending time. And especially with all this like COVID shit is like, everyone knows like zoom is zoom. You know, it's not the same as being in person with someone you can't pick up and you can't build the bonds and you can't do that stuff. And then in terms of the training on the camps, it's all about, doing hard shit and seeing what you're about. And I'm super scientific in my structure and how I program and how I do things on training camps. I'm not, and we just do dumb shit just to see how far we can take people and how far we can push them. And then we can come back to our normal lives and be like any training program. I throw at someone is going to be easy compared to what we did. And if you train three times a day for seven days a week, 21 sessions, and you go back and you just got to do one session a day of strength or mobility, it's all fucking easy from there. So it's kind of like exposing them to like maximal and then bringing it down and being like, if you can hit this for 52 weeks, you're going to be a fucking beast. And that's what happens is like people get this huge influx of training on camps and then they come back and they absolutely kill it because they have a new mindset. They've trained with savages. They've been a fucking weapon and they know how to eat. They know how to recover. They know how to sleep and they learn. And what, what's your advice to like, cause you mentioned something really powerful. It is the most cliche thing ever where yeah. you're the, you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. How do people actually figure out who are going to be a positive five people? And if they don't have like, if they have a couple of people that aren't quite serving them or their life, yeah. how do people like kind of get away from that in a sense and move towards the people that they actually want to hang out with or become? Positive and negative is such an interesting thing because it's up to your own perception and your reality. You could think that like five drug addicts are a positive thing on your life. Like someone could think that, but the other person, someone else could think that five drug addicts are a bad thing. So I guess it's all up to perception. I think it's more about modeling the people you want to be like. So if you want to be like a rich person then hang out with rich people, if you want to be like a, strong person then you hang out with strong people if you want to be a sexy person then you hang out with sexy people but yeah i guess it's more like just spending the times with people you want to be like but then the more time you spend with people you want to be like the more you realize you don't want to be like that person 
you will take what you want from that person. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to be. I've had that so many times in my life with mentors where I'm like, man, they got it all together. And then you really get to know them and you're like, they fucking do not have it together. Have you, have you had that experience as well, Pete? I, I've actually, yeah, I've had my fair share of mentors and like basically this is where we come to come down. Like you like parts of what they want. So you kind of see them, but then you actually figure out like, holy shit, they don't actually really have it together and they're still trying to figure this shit out, yeah. which is also a, a positive thing because then you don't put them up on this massive pedestal and they don't think they're above you. They're actually the same people. Yeah, Everyone's just trying to figure out their own shit, but they yeah. might be a few steps ahead of you. So you can see their mistakes still because you're like, oh, wait, they fell back on this part. Yeah. and they're, But they're still three or four steps. So it's like, okay, if they're falling behind here, how do I make this system better? So then when I get to their point, I've got a different problem, not yeah. the same problem they have. Yeah, I agree 100%. I got mentors like having a new girlfriend. You're like, man, this is amazing. Sex is bomb. She's so hot. You know, she's so cool. She's so chill. And then like, you know, two years later, you're like, she ain't, you know, like these things have faded, especially if it's the wrong girl, by the way. I love my girlfriend and those things are amazing with us now. <laughs> but, you know, if it's not the right person, I guess it's, it's a similar analogy. Yeah, you kind of fight off and then you <laughs> figure out the little discrepancy like, oh, actually, I don't know if I like that. Or if yeah. you do, if it's only like a small thing that doesn't really impact you, eh, yeah. whatever, it's a good thing. Take what you like and discard the rest, I guess. Mm. So, man, like... You've got kind of like, you went from your own little partying sort of phase and everything because you said that you're like all about the high performance. How did you make that change from basically the big partying to where you're at now where you're talking a lot about holistic health and mindset and mm. coaching and proper high performance? How did you make that transition? Dude, I was, yeah, I was following this real fucking loose unit online for a while who I was like, that mentor complex and i was like this dude's so cool like he is cool by the way i'll go through who it is in a minute but uh this dude's so cool and all the shit he does is amazing and i wish i could do that and he hangs out with all these guys and they do like training camps and that's so cool and i just messaged him one day i was like can i come to a camp and he was like yeah yeah next week in brisbane and i was like okay i'm going to brisbane flew to brisbane to meet keegan smith and uh was on his training camp for four days at brisbane strength and movement and on the fourth day he looks at me and he was like your current lifestyle and what you're doing tim if you had a kid and he grew up to be just like you would you be proud and i was like gunshot to the chest i was like i am being a piece of shit in my life right now outside of this camp and that was kind of the change and after that i went back and made my girlfriend my girlfriend and i was like this is serious it's no more like fucking about we're not doing any of that stuff my friends that were partying, we were doing a lot of dumb shit. We're doing a lot of fun stuff, um, drinking a lot, going out, you know, three, four times a week, hitting it. And I was like, boys, I'm not doing this anymore. And my new life is to help others. And uh, that was when I started taking the gym really seriously. It was about four and a half years, five years ago. And business started booming and my training got better. I got leaner, you know, I lost 10 kilos, you know, got really fucking strong. Everything got better from there. The one thing that didn't get better was my friendships with my friends. They were fucking pissed um, because they kind of lost one of the boys, you know, one of the ringleaders, one of the one of the party starters, and one of the, you know, having a good time. They so, lose a they lose a basically a member of the tribe. Basically. Yeah, they lose a member of the tribe. So they were pretty pissed at me. I guess like I didn't help. You know, I kind of was like distance. I was like, no fucking. You know, I'd go out to dinner with them and leave at eight, and I was like, see ya on like Saturday night and. 
it's probably wasn't the best way to do it. I should have just gone out and had like a beer and like eased out. But I went full cold turkey. I was like, no drinks, no drugs, no partying. And that was that. And then I just like chucked myself in the business. And I guess it kind of like made more friends with the people in, in the gym um, and hung out with them a little bit more. But like, I'm a bit of an introvert anyway. So now it's like just me and my dog and my girlfriend. And that's like a good weekend for me. It's like getting away, going down south and having a good time and uh i guess like nearly 30 it's like things have changed from when you're 24 25 come back from america at 23 24 and you know america's fucking crazy especially in a college town and you are wrecking shit you know you're doing doing some bad shit and then uh i guess you have that realization when you get home you're like something needs to change i guess it's just a cycle of life mm, definitely had my cycle of my life too like when actually four or five years ago had the same thing, partying all the time, having fun, was doing all the stupid shit and then saying stupid shit, whatever, said whatever I want. And then just like had someone look at the eye and go, you're a lazy bastard. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, this is actually not what I want to do in my life. So he still wanted to help, but I'm like, if I'm lazy, then I can't help anyone. Yeah. Like, okay, shit needs to change. Luckily okay. I didn't go cold Turkey. So my friends didn't like lose their minds. Yeah. Um, but that's a learning curve. 100%. That's just my personality, though. I go hard at everything. Yeah. It's just like one direction, and it's like I choose that direction and go a million miles an hour at it. You know what you get. Yeah. But yeah, in summary, anyone that's going through a similar thing, don't do what I did. Maybe take a bit of a balance between yours and my approach. Would you say the same thing? Like, would you ask them the same question? Like, if your kid turned out exactly like you, would you be proud? That's a they pretty would. hard question. They wouldn't give a fuck. Like, it's a different relationship with your friends. It's because, like, you're, like, one of the boys and you've done all the dumb shit and they're like, you're a fucking hypocrite. Um, I guess now I'd probably have a different reaction with them. Uh, like, now it's probably maybe things have changed a little bit. They probably look and they're like, all right, yeah, he's done some good shit. You know, he's helped some people. He's, he's done some cool stuff. And, yeah, I guess maybe I've probably got a bit more respect from it now. But we'll see. I, at the time, it was like, fucking revolutionary you know like oh we stopped hanging out and oh he's starting a business and oh he's training olympic medalists and australian socceroos and all sorts of stuff so yeah it's a big it's a big shift and then the boys start giving you shit but then at that time like for some people they i, I you see him cave like whether it's like going out socializing and then the friends are like oh have that huge piece of cake you're fine you've done well this week or whatever yeah but then you have then the you other people his- you catch yourself in the mirror, you're like, fuck, I have not done fine. What is going yeah. on here? Yeah. And then you just got, well, you got the others like 100%. Like, that's it. I'm going balls to the wall. I'm going this way. And yeah. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then screw it. I'm going to change and do something else. Getting after it. But you do something pretty interesting with your guys coaching, like even like the athletes and even the general population. You do like the Olympic weightlifting, which for a lot of people in the in the industry is like a big almost no no but yeah. you just thought screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna do the gem pop thing i'm gonna coach him how the way i'm gonna coach how do you like what was the thought process to to go through that and go you know what i'm gonna teach normal people how to olympic weightlift and train really well my theory on it is like people are so scared of it because they have no idea what they're doing like other coaches um and like everyone comes up with like the studies and they're like, Oh man, med balls and ballistic training can give you the same effect on the force velocity curve and blah, 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 like all the fucking reasons. And then they just like psych themselves out of actually learning it. And I can appreciate the skill, the art, 
the technique, the mobility of Olympic weightlifting, I think it's powerful for people to learn. It's like you walk up, like I think to get a hundred kilo bench press puts you in the top 1% of men in the world to get a hundred kilo snatch would put you in the top 0.0001% of men in the world. And my thing for my guys and girls is to take them into the top 1%. So I'm like, let's not just get them the top 1%. Let's get them the point top zero, the top 0.01% of people in the world. And how can we do that? And how can we prove that is with Olympic weightlifting and you know, strong people is impressive, but strong people with good mobility and they can put a hundred kilos over their head is even more impressive. Um, and that's why I love it. It's because it kind of just shows people what their, what their potential is. Everyone comes in, they fucking suck when they first start Olympic lifting. Like it is a car crash. Like we only show the okay ones to like good ones. There are some shit that goes on in the gym where I'm like, take that off. You know, it's like, do not put that online. Uh, because the technique is so bad and it takes a long time to perfect. And we host um, weightlifting workshops every month in six weeks. And I think it's a vital skill. Um, builds a lot of strength, uh, builds a lot of intramuscular coordination, builds a lot of neural patterns. It's great for pull strength, um, great for speed power and triple extension, which I think are all vital components of uh, building an overall great physique. I think we've learned a few lessons as well with that. It's been, we were doing like a regression or progression on most days because like when you program strength and conditioning for a group or a team, you need to do a six day a week program because people have different schedules and not everyone can train on the same days all the time. So when you run like a, a strength and conditioning business, you're not like, it's not one-on-one. You've got like your session for the day. And you need to make a six-day week program work. And then you kind of need to make it work for when people come at different times. So it's like, cool, we want to sprinkle a little bit of Olympic lifting in every day. How does it work? And then it's really hard to make it work because, you know, if you come on two jerk days or two clean days and don't come on any of the snatch days, it's not really working. So it's been like a bit of a feeling out process on how to periodize and plan Olympic lifting. So we kind of got it down to a bit of an art now where we will Olympic lift Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday off where we do more strongman kind of conditioning days or less neurally taxing days. And then we'll clean uh, jerk and snatch variants on the four days, which works out much better for um, the nervous system and recovery. So I found that you were just not recovering to your fullest extent when you were smashing your CNS everyday shock. Um, and I guess when you get into like the situation where we have a lot of like 25 to 35 year old guys and girls, they want to fucking go hard. So they want to push and I'm like, cool, three by three, 80% snatch. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Let's try to hit a daily max of three and max out. And then obviously that fucks in the nervous system. And then you got to deal with that for a few days after and blah, blah, blah. It's like drama. So now the structure I've come up with pretty recently actually is working out great. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, it, it is, I've done some Olympic weightlifting and it is the single most frustrating thing ever because you could have all the power, but if you don't have the technique to get the right catch in the snatch or the right like positioning or if the bar goes too far forward, you end up rocking back and it goes behind you and you just lose the plot. Like it yeah. is the biggest test of patience. And I was kind of lucky in a way that um, my previous mentor, Brad, he was very meticulous on technique. So mm. it was like, no, your snatch is shit. Let's just yeah. go back and actually pull it apart and go, all right, just focus on this part. 
I swear I spent about 30 second concentrics just to figure out the positions and all that. Yeah. And that's boring to put on like Instagram where people yeah. are like doing yeah. crazy it takes stuff. Such a long time. It took me like three years to get a hundred K snatch. And then it took me two years to get to 106. So it was like three catches a year from there. Uh, my clean was like three years to get to 120 and then, you know, two more years to get to 140. So like the progression is, is slowed. And then like the jerks a whole nother segment on it. But like in my programming, I've found that 80% of my results is in the B. So that's the bench, the squat, the dead, the military press, the dip, like, 80% of a result on a day is going to be from that B series. If you can fucking nail that B series, it's not going to matter that much in the scheme of things. If you're great at Ollie or not, like you're still going to get most of the results in that B series. And then the C, the remedial, and then the conditioning is like all just toppings on the cake. So what do you mean by like nailing the shit out of the B series? So like we, the guys here will kind of hear about like a lot of the compound lifting and the importance of it. But what do you mean by like nailing the crap out of it for results? Like what are the fundamentals? What do they kind of actually do for the people? So like- the structure I run is I write 12 week programs and we do four, three week cycles, uh, accumulation, intensification, accumulation, intensification. Um, the accumulation cycles generally will be between 40 and 60 reps on the B, which will be our main lift. And then the average intensity on a hypertrophy will be between 75 and 80. And then the intensification average intensity will be 85 to 90 or between 80 and 85. And then at the end of a cycle, we're just trying to make sure the average intensity of a B series falls within the range at the end of a cycle. And then we'll deload in the final week. From experience, I have found that if you work on the periodization of the B and you go hard in the um, accessory and the remedial exercise and give a good effort on the conditioning, you'll get a great result for anyone. Uh, And that's basically between strength gain, muscle building, you know, looking good naked, improving mobility, whatever, all the types of goals come good. If you nail the B and go hard with the rest of the stuff. And the B series is the main thing that I periodize and plan for the entire 52 week calendar. Um, And generally yeah anyway i can go fucking deep on this because we can can get into the nitty-gritty of the numbers but kind of like the principles remain the same right like Mm. get nailed at the heck out of the technique and just go push yourself to or challenge yourself to get better every single time yeah what are you teaching your guys like the clients that what are their main focuses and what are you coaching or actually teaching your coaches to look at as well like what are the probably the biggest things that most people can take away to get a great result man i think just every week improving your ab series by anywhere from one to four percent is a good one um making sure you deload in the final week um so you can get the super compensation and the result so deload basically means increase the intensity and reduce the sets uh so the weight's going up but the set's coming down in that final week in terms of the coaches, uh, I just like to nail the tempo as well on the main exercises. So four second down usually um, is going to be on the main exercise, three second eccentric on the um, accessories, and then maybe like a three on the remedial, depending on what it is. If you're nailing the weights, you're nailing the percentages, you're nailing the tempo, and you're nailing the technique, good things are going to happen. I think they're going to be the main things. And then I like to say that if training is great, 
more than likely nutrition is going to be improving or getting better. And more than likely your sleep's going to be getting better if your nutrition and training is getting better. And then more than likely you're going to be doing less dumb shit on the weekend, like absolutely punishing food, booze and, and all the other stuff along with that. And if you nail the training piece, everything else is just a flow on effect. And I've seen this in like people's careers and jobs and what they do and their relationships with their family and friends and kids and all that type of stuff. If they get the training component right and they have a really good strength conditioning program, not this bullshit CrossFit stuff or F45 or any of that shit, like stuff that makes sense, then everything else gets better. Life gets better. Mm, I agree. And even though like we talk about like all the CrossFit stuff, it's not very periodized or even the F45, but what they do really well is the community part. But yeah, as we touched on earlier, that's something that was very important for you and yeah. actually creating that community. So not only you're bringing over, and this is something that I actually admired, like watching from afar is the community aspect, but also the fact that it's so science and geeky is just like, you know what, you're going to nail absolutely everything of strength and conditioning and the training mm. results are going to be so much better with everything coming together. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I've found has taken six years to get this system working well. Uh, which is great. We also have, we also have a coaching structure. Um, so every session we have like 12 things that every coach needs to do during the session. So correcting form and slapping hands with people and, you know, two improvements on the main lifts and all the regressions and progressions need to be nailed and everything demoed. And so like every single session at my gym for the six to eight sessions a day is exactly the same. And everyone gets the exact same service product result vibe energy playlists everything is uh programmed progressed and periodized and planned six years is a long time to get the system working but that's also like plenty of mistakes along the way what was, oh, dude i fucking made some mistakes what, what's probably one of the biggest mistakes now like if you look back from those six years and you'd shake your head right now going i can't believe i did that like what, what would that probably be I'm like a terrible, I was a terrible communicator. Uh, and like typical man would just like let things fester up and just not talk about them. And, you know, if a client had a problem, I'd be like, fuck them, like their problem, you know, like fucking idiot. And I wouldn't look within and be like trying to rectify the problem. Like obviously I've burnt a lot of relationships by doing this with clients. And I think, yeah, the biggest one would be like, if you've got a problem, it's always your fault in one way or another. And if it's not your fault in actually like delivery or service or results or anything like that, it's probably a fault in not communicating the expectations or what should be coming of it. So in a way, everything is your fault and any problem anyone has in life in one way or another, it is their fault. It's the communications, very big part of it. Like yeah. that's all it is with coaching or like even in self, like as soon as a lot of the problems that we have, even in yeah. life as well, is like, if you just communicate that effectively, we wouldn't yeah. be at it. Because most 100%. people are like, oh, I said seven o'clock. No, I said six. You didn't listen to me. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like. Blaming them. Yeah. So I like, guess when I think about it, like staff as well, like, fuck, man, everyone says staff will make and break your business. And I have found that in the last six months. So like during COVID, we had one of our coaches quit, which was like, fucked. And then we come back, everyone's on the pump. And then I like probably two months ago, we had another coach quit. Um, and then that leaves us pretty dry. And then all of a sudden we had this, this crazy motherfucker join the gym and he's like so fucking strong, like, you know, benching 190 and, you know, fucking deadlifting like 
250 and squatting 230 and whatever. He's like this full on energy dude. And he's like, man, I want a job. And I was like, well, we can't have one, bro, because you don't have certifications. And uh, and then he's like, well, I want to work for you. And I was like, cool, like, sweet, join the queue. And then, you know, a week later, he's like, I want a job. And I was like, fuck, he's not fucking, he's not letting me go. And I was like, yeah, man, like, we'll find something. And then another week, he's like, I want a job. And then he messaged me like fucking three days in a row. And he's like, I want to be your sales guy. And I was like, all right, we can make this work. So I hired him. And he went fucking skits like high energy dude. I think he signed up like in his first month, we did like 34 signups in a month, which for our gym, like our style of gym is crazy. Um, and on day one, I walk in the gym and I'd hired him on like a Saturday. Monday, I didn't even give him any help uh, or like anything. I walked in the gym Monday morning at like eight and he's in my office, in my seat, in a suit, calling leads and inquiries. And he's like, hey, it's Luke from Helix gym, you want to fucking change your life? Come talk to me. And I was just like, this guy is fucking crazy, but he's got what it takes to take us to the next level. And like, that was, it's probably been one of the best highs I've ever made from this guy. And I was like, no, 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 no. And that's just like case in point, you need to have the right players on your team that are going to take it forward. And he's been probably like one of the best acquisitions we've ever made um, just to grow the gym, like in general. And then coaches, every coach I've ever had has done an internship with me. And when once they've interned with me, they know the system, they know the process, they know the procedure, they know what it takes, they're committed. And that's been fantastic. And I've had some coaches that haven't quite interned with me that long and they always end up being way worse and way worse of a fit for the team and community. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the lessons. Yeah, like they make or break. And it's so interesting that it's to the point where the person that has been a great acquisition it wasn't even like intended. It was just like some guy that came in and yeah. he was just hounding you. He's like, this guy won't actually give me a freaking break. Like seriously. Yeah. yeah. And he quit, he quit his job. Like he was like, I want to be the sales guy for Helix gym. And I was like, okay. And he quit his like good job to do sales for us with no, no guarantees. Like I didn't even know if we had enough leads to make this work, to give him like a wage. And he was like, whatever, I'm going to do it. It's just like he, he knew it in his, in his eyes. And this is actually something that kind of happens with a lot of people. You can always see it, the ones that are super clear about where they want to go, it, how they get there, it doesn't really matter for the most yeah. part because they know I'm going to get here. I will do it. Not, yeah. uh, okay, I can kind of get here. I don't know really what I want. Mm. And it's just like, well, if you don't know what you want, then we don't actually know how to get there. So there's no direction to it. But he came in and he was like, you changed my life, dude. So like, I want to change other people's lives. And I was like, how the fuck did I change your life in like three weeks? And he's like, dude, just doing what you do. And I was like, I don't like, you asked me like how I have these crazy fucking transformations with people and how these camps are wild. I have no idea really. Like, this is what I think I'm doing, but I could be doing something completely different. I guess it's their reality. It's their reality, but it's also comes across from like your energy. Like it doesn't yeah. even have to be what you say. It's just you give so much of a shit that people can see that and feel that. And they're like, Holy shit. Maybe as you said at the, at the beginning, like maybe they haven't been cared for at all. Like no one's mm. actually given them the time of day. And then all of a sudden someone does and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Like this is my life. I'm yeah, cool. this, this is great. This is amazing. It's been a, yeah. It's been a great journey. And I yeah, couldn't even like, there's a bit of magic around it. Like it's special blah, 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 yada, yada. But I need to fucking bottle it up and know how the fuck I'm delivering these results to people. 
it's basically make if a I could playbook. it'd be fantastic. Go, go, go. Well, at the end of the day, it took you six years to systemize your other stuff. Like it might just take a couple more years or whatever, but hopefully it was like, oh man, open a second gym or franchise it or whatever. And I just like, I don't think it can be franchised. Like it's just like you said, man, no one does Olympic weightlifting because it's fucking hard. And like, if I go and just open another gym and I hire some coaches and like, they fucking suck. Like the whole thing's not going to work. No, it's all the internal. It's like comes from the top down, and yeah. Helix is the Helix is the baby, yeah. and Helix is me. Yeah, basically. So you've been in the industry for all, like ten years. That's a, a decent amount for and this industry. Yeah, for this industry because I think it's the stats were like I think after eighteen months or something. There's only like out of sixty thousand people that do it every year or get into the industry or twelve. I think it's like twelve thousand actually get in the industry only 1200 actually come out and survive yeah. and that's surviving that's not like i'm gonna build thriving a, yeah yeah that's not thriving which is insane so if you look back on like your little journey what's the one thing that you kind of could change would love to change about the industry like moving forward i guess like education or on the clients Cause like, you know, what's a good, like Peter, you know, what's good gym and strength and conditioning and what it should look like. But the client has no fucking idea and they just get sold on marketing and gimmicks and all the bullshit. And like, I even have this own frustration with my clients now is like, they get this shiny object syndrome where like they'll be following, you know, one of the best strength conditioning programs in Australia. And I'm going to say that out there. And then they're like, I want to go do this wad that I saw on crossfit.com because it looks cool. And I'm like, you actually have no idea about programming. And then they'll like question me and they'll be like, oh, why are we doing intensification when I read on this blog that we should be doing this? Oh, my God, like beat my head on the wall. How many times I have these conversations with people. And I always say like, trust the process to my clients because they should. And I do explain the why on things, but sometimes people just like, they just think they know, but there is just like such a lack of education around strength conditioning in the mainstream that it's like arguing with idiots at times. And there's other people that call themselves strength and conditioning coaches and they don't even have any certifications at all. Yeah. Not even like a, a PT cert. Yeah. Well, like CrossFit call themselves strength and conditioning coach. I might do this fucking two day seminar. Yeah. You it's, can't learn human physiology, anatomy, biomechanics, bioenergetics, and everything in fucking two days. Like I've done a, even up to a, like an undergraduate and a master's and I still came out knowing absolutely nothing about the human body. Yeah. And, and that's not even shitting. Like most people actually think, oh, you know so much. Yeah. It's just like, we know nothing. This is yeah. just all hypothetical, like science based. And we, we think we know what's going on. Yeah. And this is what we kind of do. And this is your science experiment, basically. 100%. It's a, it's a great science experience to run, but like then they'll go and see this like jacked coach on Instagram and then they'll be like, oh, but so-and-so's jacked and massive and he did this like crazy workout like one time. So I should go do the crazy workout because I want to be jacked and massive. And yeah. it's just like, you fucking have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> most of them are probably drugged up for yeah. the most part. Yeah, and. And it's surprising how many, like, I, I was kind of shocked coming into it. It's like, 
uh, he, like there's people just open up. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just doing X, Y, Z steroid, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you look like the average person, mm. but there's so much going on underneath. I'm like, well, why you, you like, it's 10 years. It takes like over 10 years to be meticulous and perfect. And mm. even the big bodybuilders did the same for a while. Like they just went so natty. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, now it can go maybe like drug yeah. or whatever. But there is so much going on on Instagram. You can't know. The, the industry, man. Yeah. It's like, I, I've fucking no idea. I've got no idea who's on what and what's on who and blah, blah, blah. I'm just so out of it. Like I just stay in my own little fucking world in Perth and just focus on my people. But like, I can imagine there is a lot. And it's quite frustrating. It's frustrating as a coach when, you know, you don't get the respect you like know you deserve for training knowledge because you don't have a fucking 10 pack and veins popping out of your neck and all the other stuff. Mm. It is so very uh, outcome based, but at yeah. the end of the day, they, they're only short term anyway, because yeah. from personal experience, like these people have gone on and done those programs and they've gone, I got absolutely nothing out of it or yeah. Some of the people have positive experience. Awesome. Good. Yeah. That's all we really care about because you got the result that you wanted. But for the majority that don't are like kicking themselves and then all of a sudden either give up because they don't believe they can get it because all of a sudden the greatest, I put that in quotation marks, greatest program ever didn't even get them the result that they wanted. No. When it so, is, they're, they're the problem. <laughs> yeah. I've got like, kind of like the, the bonus question as well. Uh, this is actually something that I asked Dan Reeve a little bit too. Um what was the best moment and the toughest moment of your life at the moment? Man, best moment of my life. It'd be like tie between meeting my girlfriend and getting our dog. Um, we bought our puppy from like a backyard breeder and my girlfriend brought him home. And we just came home and I just walk in the uh, lounge room and he's just got his head like nuzzled in the fucking couch looking the cutest button. And then me and my girlfriend grabbed him, both cried. And like, that was a moment I'll never forget in my life um, because my dog has cancer at the moment and uh, he's got a couple of months to live. But uh, yeah, it's like, he's only three and it was, yeah, it was a fucking magical moment. And the worst moment of my life, I honestly would say it's when I increased our prices at the gym following COVID-19 and we had black backlash, man. There was, guns were going nuts. Like they were like, you fucking suck. You're a money hungry dog. Um, I can't believe you do this to us. We were friends. Um, you're going to fucking fail. Your gym's going to burn. You know, we're going to go to the competitor. Like, fuck you. Like it was chaos, dude. I could like, I've said this on a few podcasts, like business ones. And they're like, how was it increasing in prices post-COVID? And I was like, honestly, it was the worst thing I ever did. Like the personal abuse that I got and the team got was crazy. Um, and yeah, so far that would have to be it. Um, we've Yeah, I've had some bad shit happen to relatives during COVID period. But like to me personally, that's, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. And how do you kind of like overcome that? Like what was it that you're looking at now? Like, because the decision's already done in a way. Mm. What'd you kind of learn? What would you have done probably a little bit better? Um, a lot of the hate came from the people that were paying the least. So your biggest critics are the the ones that are going to have least impact on you or your business are, like, are giving the least. I guess it was just like, it's their mindset. And a lot of people that were paying more anyway were like, chill about it. Um, the bigger, like how I overcame it was just like, 
affirm myself that I'm on the right mission and the right path and that I am worth it. Like, you know, the price increase for some people was like nine bucks a week, you know, and they were fucking sending me abuse about it. And it's like, I'm a $250,000 coach in terms of education. And it's like, if they can't see $9 a week in that, then is it fucking worth arguing with them? No, it's basically, it's less than two coffees a week. Yeah. Quite and literally. I think, yeah, people were just like real butthurt about it, um, which like I understand, but business is business. Mm. And personal is a different story. Like yeah. that, that it's hard to separate because we're in the people business, helping people. Yeah. Helping people when people, they feel like they you owe them. Mm. It's very, it's a very fine line, but it's cool. Cause there's always a shit ton to learn from it. That's for sure. It's like a community thing, you know, like you get such a tight community and you do one thing that people don't agree with and it's fucking World War Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's ugly, but that's life, basically. It's always ugly, man. It's always ugly. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Like for all those that are kind of like looking to find you, where is it best to find you? Or this is basically a little pop for you to website or Instagram, whatever. Yeah, I have a podcast called The Muscle Hustlers. Um, check that out. My website's www.helixsp.com. I have a fucking sweet training program coming up. So just slide to my DM at timfray 2 underscores if you want to jump on that. Um, arguably one of the best strength conditioning programs in Australia, I will say. Um, so if you want to get jacked, you want to get strong, you want to get sexy, hit me up and uh, I'll help you with everything. Uh, so yeah, that's been me and it's been fantastic. And thanks awesome. for having me, Pete. I really enjoyed this chat and very real, raw and authentic. So if you loved it, let me know because I don't do this shit because uh, I don't even know what I'm going to say there, but you know what? It's real authentic and that's all we care about. If they don't like it, then that's okay because you didn't have to change who you are. Nah. But if they love it, that's exactly who they're getting. So it's awesome, man. I love, the, I love the raw chat as well, man. I actually appreciate them way more than they're just the normal ones. The uh, fakies the fakies as well and this is all the podcast is going to be about like raw content like whatever's on someone's mind or their learning lessons their best the worst yeah it's all in between and it's not perfect but it's from pete's closet from from my closet basically it's amazing and i cannot wait to like maybe look back and maybe a year's time and go holy shit i did a podcast in a closet but that that was fun yeah i was, that was with fun. The guy that, i was with a guy in a closet it was amazing it was amazing. Yeah. Awesome, dude. I appreciate uh, the time for acknowledge that you actually to take the time out of your day to come on. Uh, yeah. We're helping everyone out as well. You helped me out as well as a young coach coming up. I don't think you actually knew that, but I was actually someone that I looked up to as a yeah. coach that knew pretty much what he was talking about for the most part, which is rare these days. Yeah. And having this awesome community too, because I can see that changing in other people. Uh, it's something that, even for me, I actually want to build as well. So thank you very much for what you do. And I hope we do this for many, many more years. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. Enjoy.